Welcome to the Redeeming the Dirt podcast. I'm your host, Noah Sanders, and this week, I'm excited to share with you a Farming God's Way episode. Their teaching and influence are aimed at helping the last, the least, and the lost. And I came across them several years ago and have been greatly impacted by their heart and simple yet impressive agricultural results. I've been given generous permission from them to be able to share with you some episodes from a Farming God's Way radio series that they produced several years ago that was originally aired on Trans World Radio. So today we're going to share one of those episodes. I pray that you are challenged and encouraged by what you hear today. Let's listen in. Last program, we explained the theological background to Farming God's Way, expanding on the vision statement of Farming God's Way. Craig, what are we dealing with today? Yeah, Joseph, in in today's program, we want to reveal why Farming God's Way is so important to the people of Africa. So in other words, we want to see the problem. Yes, Joseph, as Africans, we need to be courageous and acknowledge that Africa has a serious problem in terms of food dependency. And we must try and find out why this is. Yes, absolutely. If we cannot identify that there is a problem, then there's nothing to put right. The starting point is, what is the problem? Well, it's all about food. According to the the latest FAO figures, Africa, and especially sub-Saharan Africa, has the largest proportion of its population undernourished. That is more than 35% of the population of sub-Saharan Africa is undernourished. Wow. And yet the poor are getting poorer in a continent blessed with good agricultural potential. Yes, Joseph. Africa is blessed with vast agricultural resources and wonderful people. Did you know that Africa has a population of uh, over 900 million people Mm. and at least 80% of them are in some way tied to agriculture or tied to the farm? We must also remember that three-quarters of all farmers in Africa are subsistence farmers, and these are the very people that Farming God's Way can help. And with all these farmers, we are still the poorest continent. Yes, we are, Joseph. It's a tragedy. And the gap between the first world and Africa in terms of agricultural output is huge. Craig, are there any figures to back this up? Yeah, it's it's interesting fact that the GDP, that's the gross domestic product of the whole of Africa, is only 1.3% of the world's gross domestic product. And if you look at just uh, grain production in in particular, where we know that uh, the majority of Africans rely on on grain for food, between the years uh, 1975 to 2003, um, around the world you'll see that in the USA the yields have uh, increased significantly from about 5.5 tons a hectare to 9 tons a hectare average. In Asia, we see over the same period that the yields have doubled. They've gone from two tons a hectare to four tons a hectare. And yet us here in Africa, there has been no increase in yields. Despite we know for a fact that there's a potential of 14 tons a hectare that has been grown in Zimbabwe, the average for for sub-Saharan Africa remains about one ton or less per hectare. This is despite the fact that we have good rainfall, we've got good soils, much aid, information and teaching. Why is this? Joseph, that's a very good question. Um, Do we lack for assistance in South Africa? No, we don't. Um, We see that um, in the 1990s, sub-Saharan Africa was receiving uh, about $5 billion worth of American dollars 
worth of aid every year. During the same time, we were receiving seven billion United States dollars worth of, of loans. And yet the gross domestic product of Africa is only 1.3% of the world. And if we look at a map of Africa, you see how big the continent is. And we've got roughly 900 million people in Africa. And yet we can only produce 1.3% of the world. And that is including the powerhouse nations of South Africa and Egypt and Nigeria. And even with those three strong nations, we don't seem to be able to be, have a good gross domestic product. And the tragedy of it, that this is all despite the fact that Africa has more natural resources than any other continent and some of the best climate, rainfall and soils in the world with an abundant supply of people to work the land and to produce from it. So what is the problem? Why is Africa so poor? Well, I think it's the way the world is responding to the problem of Africa, and they're not responding to it in God's way. There's a difference between the world's response as opposed to God's response and what we should be doing as Christians. It is clear that hunger and poverty are the real problems in Africa. It is getting worse, and we have to ask the question, why? The world system is not doing anything effective to alleviate this problem. The first world merely continues to pour food aid and billions of dollars into Africa. This might be welcome to some, but all it does is cause the dependency syndrome. And we must realize that dependency is just another yoke of oppression. Rather than dishing out fish, farming God's way teaches a man to fish. Yes, Craig. Can the churches help? Most definitely, Joseph. The entrance point for farming God's way has got to be the church. But unfortunately, we see the church system is also failing in certain respects. This is largely because we are not applying the gospel of the kingdom on earth. As the church, we must admit this to ourselves and turn to our sovereign God and ask him what is going on. God is sovereign, knowing the beginning from the end and having created all things. He therefore has the answer to all things. We must not go into the world system and think that we're going to get the answers there. As you know, the ruler of the world is in complete opposition Mm. to God's plan. Our hope must not be in the world, Mm. but we should rather turn to the Father and ask him what the true problem is. Yes. After having spent time with Brian, Brian Aldridge, did he do this in order to get the revelation from God? Yes, uh, Joseph. Brian became very poor himself through personal circumstances, and the Lord was able to teach him and use him through this experience. Um, It was a great learning time for him and probably the most precious time of his life because he felt what it was like to have to trust God for absolutely everything. What he learned from this humbling experience should be applied to all of us, that God is truly faithful, he will provide for us, And these are realities for the poor in general. Exactly, Joseph. So um, to carry on Brian's testimony, he and his wife, Kath, eventually found a job at uh, Hinton Estate uh, Estate Matepetepe in northern Zimbabwe. There they found that they were the only Christians around. The people heard that the Christians were soft-hearted, so their own labor force and their neighboring communal farmers were coming to them with their problems. But they had no money to help them. But being Christians, they could not turn them away. The weight of the suffering around them gathered in their hearts so much. What could be done? Brian continues, and here I will use his own words. 
He says, We remembered the gospel where it says that if we seek God first and his righteousness, he will add everything else to us. We were reminded not to worry about what to eat or drink or what to wear, as God clothes the lilies of the field and feeds the birds of the air. Our first thought was that we had seen God's faithfulness in our lives, so we must bring them the gospel. Thus, we established a church on our farm and started preaching the gospel. God then began to show us the salvation gospel on its own is not enough, but we must apply this gospel to life. Oh, so through farming God's way, we are actually applying the gospel to life. Yes, and because Hinton Estates was also on the verge of going broke, Brian was able to cry out to the Lord, asking him, what is the cause of our poverty in Africa? How did the Lord answer him? The Lord's ways were revealed to Brian as he compared God's nature with our current farming methods. Again, I will use Brian's words as he explains this. I observed the enormous amount of soil and water loss, the degradation of the soil structure, the water running off the surface and washing away nutrients, and yields were going down. On our own farm, we had been dramatically shaken by God. God was beginning to reveal to us the folly of ploughing, which was exaggerated drought conditions. Mm. When we came to the next farm, the same thing happened, and the problem that the poor people were having. God revealed that drought is a huge risk and degradation of the soil is rampant in our continent. So we came to see that there is a technological way of turning this around. What is this technology you are speaking about? Well, Brian came across zero tillage, as it was known then, uh, which was spreading around the rest of the world. It, it originated from the Great Dust Bowl of Texas in the 1930s. And when he heard about us, he wanted to try and apply it to conditions in Zimbabwe. And he went to the research community for help. They told him that it had been tried in the 70s and was found to be unfeasible for sub-Saharan Africa. The trouble, I believe, was that they tried it half-heartedly with little faith. Exactly. That's exactly what happened, Joseph. And now through Brian's faithfulness and fervent prayer, God revealed his ways that are far higher than ours. If you see in nature, God shows us, when you look in the virgin bush, the beautiful blanket over the earth that of fallen leaves and mm. drying grass. This is a very important element in God's creation. This blanket breaks the action of the raindrops and allows water to infiltrate and it feeds the soil fauna. Obviously, there is no plough in God's natural creation. If these things work in creation with God as the designer, then surely we should follow God's example. You're quite right, Joseph. We must open our hearts and realize that by looking to Him, we see there's no need to plough or invert the soil, mm. and that we must leave a mulch, which we call God's blanket, on top of the soil, just as God does in nature. Thanks, Craig. So, in a nutshell, today we have to acknowledge that Africa does have a problem, and this can be addressed only by returning to the Word of God. Romans 1, 18 to 20 says that God has made himself known through creation, and we are without excuse. Absolutely, Joseph. Please join us next time when we will be looking at the first of two biblical truths or laws that are key to turning agriculture around and breaking the yoke of poverty in Africa.
Well, I hope you enjoyed today's Farming God's Way episode. If you're interested in learning more of some of the techniques that they may have shared in today's episode or some of the story, we have training videos that you can find at redeemingthedirtacademy.com. If you would like to support the work that Foundations for Farming is doing in Zimbabwe, you can do so through their partnership with Crown Financial Ministries called I Was Hungry. You can go to iwashungry.net and learn about the amazing program that they've put together where they bring in 30 people from a community and disciple them for two weeks in faith, farming, finances, and family. And read and listen to some of the amazing testimonies from the people that they have impacted. It's an amazing opportunity to be able to um, to give in a way that promotes a real solution to hunger. And me and my family have been supporting them on a monthly basis because we really love what they're doing and have been over there. We have seen uh, the work that they've done, the lives that they've changed, and would encourage you to pray about um, joining and partnering with them at iwashungry.net. Till next time, this is Noah Sanders. Stay humble, be faithful, and keep redeeming the dirt.